I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. We are moving right along into our second roundtable episode of this summer. We are talking to the blues. But they're not feeling very blue. We've got Carl, who you all know and probably don't love very much. And then Miguel, our other recurring guest who keeps us all pretty level-headed. It's Chelsea in the house. Um, we'll run pretty similar pretty similar discussion. Obviously, Chelsea's been doing a madness in the transfer window with all their ins and outs. So we're holding their feet to the fire on how they're going to line up, what we can expect out of Frank. And then obviously, season predictions and a little bit leave it. Here you go. Hope you enjoy it. We now move along to the Chelsea roundtable of the Prem de la Prem Summer Series 2020. They are our esteemed and now recurring Chelsea fans. We've got Carl. We've got Miguel. Welcome both you guys back to the pod. It's great to have you. Um, I guess my first question to introduce you guys in is how does it feel to be living in a FIFA simulation? (laughs) Feels great. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably it's probably the most exciting summer in like a decade so feels absolutely amazing. in the same summer that Messi's going to city yeah 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 miguel how are you doing good good doing great uh yeah i'm gonna spend uh a lot of money this summer but it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome do you guys get nervous when you have two days without signing a player well, well, it's it's a it's a weird sensation when I when you now check the transfer blogs to see if you've sold anyone versus if you've bought anyone. Yeah, like that's now the obsession. It's like when are we going to start selling all this like mm. dead weight? And and it's and so now that's become like the weird source of frustration where you just keep like logging in and being like, why is no one talking about sales? But that's so. not a that's not a problem. Like, in, in my opinion, it could be if we can't get rid of certain players. I don't see how this squad is sustainable without like chopping off some. Limbs. So those players get unhappy, the ones who don't play, right? And then you, and it, and then you sell them. But, I mean, but it's it's just not as it's it's hard to sell them right now, and it's hard to sell yeah, them sparkly yeah. right now. Like I keep I looking I'm, for that reason. I keep looking at uh, Kepa. Uh, news that's basically what i'm looking that for. is yeah i mean we'll we'll get there we'll get there i just saw fabrizio so i love how you guys know fabrizio romano right patrick sure. likes to explain him as the guy who was literally a meme and is now the wojanowski of, of soccer news and yeah he'll he'll um he'll post he'll tweet something that's like his top story and then he'll actually do the diligence of responding to fans and comments which is a dark road to go down and people are just like give me some sancho news Give me some O block news, and and that's what I, what what got me onto the topic. Romano's just like, yeah, I mean, right now it's that's not a thing. It never was a thing. Like, still looking for a Kepa replacement, but oh we will get there. Um, Patrick gave you a little bit of the rundown before we came on live. We'll save our little bit leave it's for the end. We're excited for that. But first, we're gonna start out with flaw and order. 
Mm. And what we're going to do, Patrick and I have been cooking up some questions that we really want you guys to stand trial for. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off. When we talked last summer, it was a very different tone of youth development and giving youth a chance, which was something that was very un-Chelsea. It was uh, bringing up Mason Mount, bringing up Tammy Abraham. Uh, Callum Hudson-Adore, you blocked a transfer to Bayern to, to keep him at, at Chelsea, you know, and have him be raised at Chelsea. Now it's looking like all those players are taking the back seat, and they're not going to be in the starting 11 because of the amazing team that you've raised. Can you guys talk a little bit about what – the club philosophy is as of right now, and and are you going back to your roots in a sense? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, last year I was extremely excited about you know even some of the former Chelsea players coming back to coach. I still think that the young younger players have a shot. It's just going to take a little bit of a of a. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, I I think a lot about, for example, Mason Mount, Tammy Abram. Like I think that they're going to they're going to probably capitalize on an opportunity, but whether it's this year is, is really the question. I don't know if it's going to happen immediately for them with how competitive the, the team's about to get. Yeah, and I mean, um, I, I feel like we're actually, there is definitely a regression to the norm, but the norm is not for me the old Chelsea. It's more like, I think in many ways, for example, we're like United, like a mixture of like international world-class talent and then like youth. So last season for sure felt like we were all youth supported by some mediocre international talent. We are going to try and get rid of that and replace it with world-class talents like Havertz. But in the end, you know, you look at Havertz and uh, Mount or uh, Havertz and Callum Hudson-Odoi and you look at Pogba and Rashford, like it's the same sort of like squad dynamic. Um, so I don't feel bad about it, but I, I, I get the question and, and and, I, and I'm for sure I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to like swing too far the other way. Just because I, I, you know, a year ago, I don't think the plan was get through the season with youth talent and then buy loads of international players. It just so happened that this transfer window mm. threw up this unique opportunity. And so it's like, I'm sorry, like it's just everything's changed. So. It's, it's hard for me to see it from an outside perspective. And it's fine that it is, but that this wasn't the plan all along. And I feel like it's almost worked out perfectly the way it has, where you took the team, the new manager, to get into a Champions League spot, and now it's built on it. And it's funny, Carl, you mentioned it's not the old Chelsea, um, but my experience with Chelsea is that they're not out of the picture for long. They'll have a mare, mm-hmm. they'll have a nightmare season, maybe a one-off, and then it's like, we're going to fix this and we're going to fix this right now. And no. it, it is enviable to a certain extent from a United perspective, but it, it's hard for me to see how this isn't Chelsea yeah. traditionally. I get the United parallel with with local youth and and world class talent, but to me this feels kind of business as usual. No. I, again, I do. I totally respect that point of view, and I think there is certainly no. There's truth in it. I get that. We are like. I mean, we we might net net spend like a quarter of a billion in, in this transfer window. Right. That is that is very much old Chelsea, mm-hmm. no but, doubt. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll, I'll add though is that really wasn't old Chelsea as much was to have, for example, look at a position in a player like Reese James, for example, like old Chelsea would have not have taken the time to develop Reese James. And Reese James is going to be the right back at Chelsea for, for a while pending injury or just some sort of nightmare turnaround. But um, 
And I think that sort of development just didn't exist. So there was an extreme that used to exist with Chelsea, which was sell and get rid of any player if they're not performing even a few months into the league. Well, That's right. I think I think yeah. this time it's a little different. Yeah, they, we used to demand like instant impact, which is so rare. And now we have a little bit more patience. And I fully expect like Reese James, Billy Gilmore, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, and hopefully if he comes good, uh, Ruben and Callum to be like in the squad, even in the like starting 11, like a, a significant amount over the next couple of seasons. So I, I, I'm okay. I, I think yeah. we'll, yeah. Yeah, Carl, you mentioned just kind of the unique opportunity. So let's not, I mean, let's not forget that part of this was they had a transfer ban. So the playing of the youth was somewhat forced upon them, right? Who knows what they would have done in the summer where they sold uh, Hazard last summer. But this summer, right, the, the, you know, we were like Chelsea, Chelsea was the, um, in the round tables last year, they were, they were the team that everyone was having to go at, you know, transfer ban, all the young kids, Frank Lampard's not qualified. And you both, you know, slotted them in for fourth in your preseason prediction and, you know, almost even had a laugh about it. And so sure enough, you have to view this past season, all things considered as a success. And so getting into the Champions League places, which at the outset wasn't, wasn't really, I thought, an attainable ambition. The COVID market knocking everything down and, you know, convince me you weren't guilty before, but the second they they lift up the financial fair play regulations in the summer, here comes the money. And, you know, Chelsea's showing up in a major, major way. So I think that it is, it's a confluence of all of these things that have, that have forced it. The, I mean, you talked about it, like something's got to go. You, it's not like you didn't have a full squad. You know, you had a full squad, you bought a full squad. Where's, what, what's the margin? So, yeah, I'm interested. Reese James, I think, is a quality player. He'll, he'll make his way. He'll stay in the first team. It's those people that are more like for like uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Mounts, the Abrahams. Uh, even the Hudson Adoy, you know, Pulisic is, is a little bit higher, I think, on that list after after what he did after the break and the amount that they spent on him. Uh, but there's a lot of people who impressed at points during this season. You have to imagine they're going to get their cracks, but they're going to be limited opportunities they have to make the most of. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's right. I do. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to him, but. Um, I'm not. I'm not worried for uh, Reese James, Mason Mount, Pulisic, and Tammy Abraham. Like they will be like first team players and in and out of the starting eleven, no doubt. There are just some like Callum Hudson Odoi and Ruben Loftus Cheek that at the beginning of last year, for sure, I thought would be the season defining players for Chelsea. Who just seems just to didn't not have that season? Did, didn't have that season, and there's an element of like, you know, what are the, the players who took their chance in that weird one year? Let's play the youth. I think we'll double down on them, but this isn't a charity. It's not like anyone who comes out of the youth team deserves a first team spot, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just we're going to be a bit yeah. more ruthless again. You had you had some lofty uh, Ruben Loftus cheek ambition, yeah. similar almost detrimentally to Patrick's view of Rob Holding. You know, you could draw a similarity between uh, that ambition is, and reality. That is FA Cup and Community Shield winner Rob oh, Holding. That's, that's to you. Respect on that man. <laughs> <laughs> current, current FA Cup Rob Take my Holding eyes. player. Yeah. <laughs> what cups isn't he holding? Right. Sorry he didn't well, cost a, 50 million. 
Yeah, here's, you, you mentioned him, and I am very curious about this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being uh, Jorginho and, and 10 being ESPN's coverage of him, how would you rate Pulisic's uh, first season with Chelsea? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably, probably like a 8 um, in some ways. I think, I think he really surprised. Honestly, one of the things that I think I mentioned last time I was here was that I just expected him to get assists and to like have some playmaking moments. And the fact that he was able to break in and finish uh, at a pretty decent level for a first year in the Premier League player mm -hmm. really surprised me and I think deserves mm -hmm. a lot more credit than I think. Uh, I think they probably give him in, in England, probably. Um, but I do think that uh, some of the coverage is yeah. a little hyped, obviously, because he's American and, and whatnot. But... It's also slightly warranted, and and yeah, I have a strong bias. So I, I mean, I feel like Pulisic is something I'm googling every single day, almost. But <laughs> I would too, as as an American. Like I, I root for him, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. How about you, Carl? I totally agree. I think like better than expected. I I, I uh, clearly it has has still more potential to grow into, but I I also I didn't expect him to be such a good finisher. Um, constantly struck by and i'm very pleased with our summer transfers for that reason how good the like transition from bundesliga to premier league can be for a player mm -hmm. it feels mm -hmm. like that's like the shortest on-ramp to premier league success that you physical, can create exactly yeah, physical like nature of those I'm leagues i think is worried about yeah like a you know we, we were looking for left backs for a long time and i don't pretend mm -hmm. that ben chilwell is the best left back on the market but i would be worried about getting like a left back who's played in the la liga for the last four years i just don't think it's the same yeah. so i'm stoked no, for him i think he's it, great la liga left backs going against messi that's a pretty good pretty good bar See how they did on those two games. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, counterintuitive to what I think ESPN is trying to do, which is get people who are on the fence about soccer excited about the Premier League. For someone who follows it, it, it it's frustrating to see their coverage, but I have to agree. I mean, he's had a really outstanding first season. It does get you excited if you follow the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those memes where they do like Christian Pulisic's post-match interviews and they transcribe it. And it's like, oh, wow, man, that game was crazy. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. That game was bananas. So good. <laughs> it's just also, it's just incredible how young they all are. Genuinely. Like, I just like the guy's like 21, 22. Although yeah. madness. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I, I will say that has me slightly panicked is just the amount of injuries. Yeah. Um, mm. for how demanding Fair. the league is going to be um, and how many injuries he's having, muscle injuries. Like, something has yeah. to give. I mean, I imagine Chelsea has to have some specialist there that's going to be able to help him with that. But mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be the long-term, you know, way to define his success is going to be like, can he just stay healthy and continue to produce? But it did seem like the, the return uh, of the league was good for him just because he had a break. He was able to kind of uh, get healthy again. But that's my biggest yeah. concern with him. Just get him I'm a therapy yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure who who the return was better to than people, like for post post return. You know, he's in my he's in my team of the season. Uh, so oh, I, for I sure, for, yeah. For yeah. any, I mean, there's certainly a recency bias there. I think that if you took his whole his whole season, you know, and just looked at it as a whole, maybe not maybe not an eight for me, but very very impressive post return. 
That was my only question. I, I think that the squad rotation, you know, Frank showed Frank showed he's more than willing to to rotate the squad. And, you know, for all of it, we're asking about Hudson Adoy, we're asking about Loftus Cheek. You did get rid of William and Pedro. You got rid of players that were taking up significant minutes. So there 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 will be those those cracks. And, you know, I think it's they had a larger margin this year to impress. You know the, those those players you talked about. So you know those that took advantage of it will have be on a on a little bit of a higher pedestal, but they'll still have their opportunities to impress. And Frank showed he'll stick with the he'll stick with the hot hand. So yeah, yeah. let's 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 talk right. about let's talk about Frank. Uh, one of my favorite subjects, Carl. Pat is still confused as to why he's called Fat Frank in England, and I honestly <laughs> don't remember. But uh, well, I, I <laughs> James just he... started calling him Fat Frank. I, I want to it's a thing. It's a thing. It, oh, it's for sure. It. Oh my god, it's a huge thing. Pat Frank is his nickname. I mean, I call him Pat Frank affectionately. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was. Uh, it, it might have been 2010, but for some reason, I think it was 2006 World Cup. Yeah. But that's he what showed. I, yeah. He showed up a bit overweight, or seemingly so, and then had a bit of a ponderous World Cup, and he was. Um, and he just, yeah, he was just slow, and and, he, and that was you it. Just get, you just get caught from a picture where your jersey is, like, a little puffed yeah. out from the wind, and it's like, it's a done deal. <laughs> but but it's, like, um, it's also, like, I think, A, like, it's now become almost a testament to the, like, turnaround story. That's why I think it was 2006, because I think he got called Fat Frank, like, relatively early on into his career, and then yeah. to, like, end his career with the accolades and impact he's had. To call him Fat Frank is almost to do it with a wink, because you know he's a he's a great. Right, right, yeah. Well, last summer the tone was very different. It was, let's put an unproven manager out there, see what he can do with this squad, see how how high we can fly, and you know, begrudgingly credit where it's due. You guys managed to pull off a fourth place Champions League finish. This season, the outlook is very different. We talked about old Chelsea coming back, right? And it's like when you're not in the picture, it's not for long. You'll, you'll have a bad season, a crazy Mourinho season, a, a bad sorry season, whatever. Now it's let's put our chips in the center of the table. What are the expectations on this manager and how are you levying them appropriate to what he can be expected of in his career? I mean, I think, yeah, yeah go ahead. I was just going to add, I mean, for, for expectations, I feel like to move up as much as possible in the, in the table, I, I really don't think this is going to be the year to jump into title uh, predictions, but I, I do think that, you know, potentially having, having third, getting third place, getting second place could be something that depending on who we end up bringing in at the end of this um uh, summer, like it could really mm-hmm. be a big possibility and then getting far in the champions league. I, I feel like that's, that's going to be huge um, if you can just break past, you know, the the first round of elimination after the groups. Then I think he'll be he'll be in a pretty solid spot. Yeah. Let me build think, on that. Yeah. Is there a way to evaluate him aside from league position, or I guess trophies won? Maybe Carl like, like not losing to Newcastle about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Um. <laughs> No, I think, I mean, like, I think you're right to acknowledge that, like, Chelsea expects uh, hard evidence of progress. So it is dangerous to, like, set soft metrics, like bedding in new players and changing team like, chemistry. Style. Exactly. I wish like, that was a metric. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise. It's like on uh, FIFA, you could see it going up. Yeah, an right. Yeah. As long as everyone's got, like, a little green arrow and morale is high. Like, so I, I, 
it's not going to be that, but I, I completely agree with Miguel. I think like everyone is like, first of all, um, like you cannot buy up to six new players and start them and expect them to gel straight away. And I also think that um, as long as we're competitive across all four tournament like things that we enter uh, and competitive, like really genuinely competitive, like not third, but with a 20 point difference, but like mm. right up there. Yeah. And um, I also think um, right now it feels like Chelsea bought the league. Um, and so you would expect a league win. But like, I think by the end of the summer, like there will be like th yeah. at least three of the top four teams will have transformed to a point beyond recognition. And this will feel less like an outlier. Like if United get Sancho, if Man City finally start dropping, I think by the end of it, people will be like, well, wait, should, shouldn't United win? Shouldn't like... I think we'll be fine. We'll sort of progress back. I love how Man pack. City's already spent like 80 million and you're like, when Man City starts yeah, spending I mean, money. Like, right? <laughs> I mean, like, so I just think by, by like beginning of October, I think we'll, we'll, we would have this chat again and go, okay, now in light of like a fully developed like squad across all our top tier yeah. teams. You, you know yeah. what? One thing I will say that that is a, a possible measurement is the style of play. I will yeah. say, you know... <laughs> It's we're in this weird phase where like teams are really I, f I feel like rewarded if they're somehow you know walking away with wins, but their defense is isn't that great. So I, I do think style of play will, will mean can we attack at a really ex in a really exciting way, and then at the same time somehow not let in as many goals as we did last time, which was right. you know really really bad. So um, yeah. I do think style of play is going to be a big one, and you can tell he he's focused on the attack. It wasn't until everybody jumped on him in the media about defense that I felt like he was finally like, oh yeah, I should probably care about that. Uh, but yeah. in some ways, he was he was heavily focused on on offense. Yeah, I mean, if you end up buying a a, a new a new keeper, that's you know, with the exception think, of, yeah. of probably Aspilicueta, a brand new defense yeah. between your defenders and and, yeah. and your keeper. So it's certainly it's certainly being addressed. Um, I do just want to say I'm a little disappointed with how reasonable you guys are. Um, I was hoping you were going to come in here claiming the title so that I could just have a go at you. But I you mean, are... I'm just you know, I mean, I'm just I just want a season like Arsenal. If we can have a couple of cup wins, that would be you know, that's what we're going. We just want to be careful what like, you wish for. Seven, because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, three the... managers later. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned you mentioned style of play, and it's it's such a hard thing to quantify. But it's and you, and, you know, I'm not. I mean, every podcast is going to devolve into me talking about Arsenal, but I'll do it quickly. The The difference between the Emery Arsenal and the Arteta Arsenal, in terms of points, isn't all that great. But in terms of like what you're seeing, what you're feeling, it's yeah. huge. And I think that Frank did a good job at times of, you know, there, there were, especially early on in the season, you know, Chelsea came out of the, the gates real hot and they were, they were playing some really, really good football uh, between, I mean, I think in the end of the season with Giroud, his holdup play, with some of those those young guys just running off him was, you know, unfortunately it was really really fun to watch. You know, I didn't yeah. like it, but it was I, I enjoyed watching Chelsea. And then I'm yeah. just like, yeah, fuck. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And no, I, I will, I will I say, say it. like, I think um, the more I think about this question, it's a good one. I, I will say, like, I do think Lampard will be expected to lift a trophy. It can be the Carling Cup, whatever. But I think we need like a trophy, and I think um, we also. 
like I for me the most unforgivable bit of this year was like losing to United three or four times. Like I think we also like I don't think he needs to win the league, but he needs to take some big games. Like we want to see him like ruin a Liverpool or like go to City and win. Like I think he just like right. don't have to United's win. United's record against the top six is hilarious. It, given it, the season that we had. Right. Ima- <laughs> Ima- imagine if you if it was a genuine top six league, <laughs> like just us. But so I I do like now that I think about it, it's like yeah, we don't need to win the league. We don't need to win the Champions League. We do need to win a cup. We have to have a good style of play. And I think we need to just like humiliate some of our competitors yeah. at least once or twice. Well. The reason, I mean, you guys at the beginning of the podcast, and this is to your point that you just made, Carl, you talked about why you're like a problem of sorts is offloading players. And my rebuttal was like, why is that so big of a problem? You talk about challenging for all cups. Think about the League Cup, the EFL trophy. Oh no, we're going to have Giroud and Barkley and Marcus Alonso starting those games. You know, like that's how you do it. And sure, they might not be happy, games, but yeah. like the squad depth, if you're not offloading players, you that should be an expectation to challenge for all those. I, I know, but we have like uh, up to like three players per position. Like it's we have like, let's say we have uh, a number 10, Kai Havertz, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Barkley. Or like in, in a holding uh, defensive play, like Kante, Jorginho, Billy Gilmore, or Havertz, Mao. And like, it's just, we... We just have one level too deep. I agree with you. Like, this is not about just culling it after the first I, 11, yeah. but we have too many. Like, drink water. No, you're right. I, 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 how many I would be surprised. I would be surprised if there were no outs. <laughs> yeah, we have. No, it's actually like center midfield. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like we have like eight players for three positions. And it like, and that's if we play a 4 3 3. I still wonder mm-hmm. if we'll like start playing different, like a 4 2 3 1 or something. I will say, I wonder. I wonder if that's kind of like needed nowadays, though, because I mean, you think about the number of injuries that that occur yeah. in a given season, and I think yeah. back to like Mourinho's uh, uh, like formation of Chelsea in some ways back in like '04, thinking about like there were in some cases two to three solid positions for for some of those roles um, and some really impressive mm-hmm. names. So and somehow made it made it work, right? Like, and that was kind of the team that kind of started that legacy. So. So I, I don't know if it's just kind of like this modern day idea that if you can somehow stack up, stack up as much as possible, because you're going to need, you're going to have numerous injuries at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at City versus Liverpool. That's the, that's the difference, right? I mean, Liverpool managed to get through the season without many injuries, but City squad depth is something just that's incredible. And, you know, I think yeah. that they're able to, I mean, yeah. they didn't focus on the defense, but I think that, you know, for me, what it comes down to is when you have that, it's like, what's what's the level of buy-in? What's the level of buy-in with the players? What is the ambition? Frank, for all of it, I think has been very clear. You know, yeah. after this season, he said, we can consider Champions League a good season, but next season, that's not what it's all about. I don't think he defined what a successful season was after saying that. But as a Chelsea fan, what that tells me is, hey, we're going, we're, we're going to continue to push the envelope. They're backing up that statement in the transfer window. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how well that squad comes together. You know, I think that if you have somebody who's, you know, you know, fighting to make the the 18 or the 20 or whatever the, the bench is going to be next season, and those players are bought in, and when they're on the bench, they're excited to get in. When they get a starting minute, they're coming in and they're showing it. That's what you'd like to see. Yeah. And I think for all of it, that was what I was most impressed by with Chelsea. Like, they yeah. had their ups and downs. They lost some, you know, I think, games that they really shouldn't be losing. Or you can't lose if you want to be competing for – uh, anything more than a Champions League place, and so those are the areas for for them to improve. But uh, they're 
they came together in a season that everyone expected them to fall apart. And I think that that's a huge credit to them. How they do that, bringing in a whole bunch of first-team players to put on top of that team that hopefully got really close, that's going to be an interesting thing. But, you know, if, if, if everyone's coming to, to Chelsea, they seem to be convinced by Frank and for the mission. That's something that's a, a through line through all of these transfers. Yeah. That would excite me as a, as a, as a Chelsea fan. I can't, and I, I know you want to ask this on where I just want to double down on that. I think that's super true, Pat. I think there is like, I, uh, and again, I obviously rose tinted, blue tinted glasses, but um, every player that moves to a new team does the usual PR circuit of like, oh, super stoked to be here. I've always been an Arsenal fan, although like, you know, obviously used to be like, you know, photos in like Man United shirts and stuff when they yeah, were a kid. Yeah, yeah. But like every time, like every new player that's joining Chelsea, I genuinely, for some crazy reason, believe that they're like super stoked to be going to Chelsea, that they're like genuinely buying into like what Chelsea is trying to do over the next few years. And I find like for whether it's Ziyech or Werner or, or even Thiago Silva, who, you know, I don't well, think like, did. yeah, yeah he's, he's just like, to prove. Yeah, sure, there is personal ambition there too, but like takes a huge pay cut and just wants to like, you know, I think he's excited to be playing with kids, which is a weird thing, you know, and I just... I, oh, I, I do right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly so also by the way what's up with Tiago Silva's face did he have like a stroke like why is the left side of his face sagging I think like, you're just think seeing just, him for the first time I think time. he's just getting yeah you're like who's this Tiago Silva guy? I wanna, like a decent I'm, center back I'm well, excited to see him in the Premier League for me it's son. it's five years too late because oh, he yeah. was at a, at a time like considered to be one of the best center backs in the yeah. world but you're never going to really get that in league one so um, yeah, it's, the Robin be, be to, to David Luiz's Batman. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude. I mean, like, I, I mean, you know, to be clear, he was the Batman, and David Luiz was like barely the Robin. But sure, I get. I take your David Luiz is like the Batmobile. <laughs> went like went for that. David Luiz was like you know like the Joker car. He's the Joker, that, like the Joker <laughs> dropped on the way out. Like he's not even the real Joker. He's just like. Oh man, I mean. <laughs> dispatch some more of those penalties you might be changing the tune yeah, yeah. Go, son. Um, no i again credit where it's due and i i agree with with that you know i haven't seen what every player said um but you know they're talking about tammy abraham and villa really wanting to go in for him and he's like no i'm gonna stay and fight for my place so like that Love is it. definitely the mentality that you want to breed there Love how it. it all actually works in practice when you have a squad of 30 players who want yeah. first team action you know it's gonna fall apart but um as it's, long it's, as as long as it doesn't tear out the team, though, it's fine. Right? If Tammy Abraham right, doesn't that, work, and in two years they got to transfer him on, but you set the mentality that it's like only only the elite will stay. Yeah, I well, think that's the thing. But if it like torpedoes that culture and it becomes divisive, is when yeah. Well, you always for, I, I always forget that in some ways, and I don't know how much this really plays into it, but I always think about like national team call ups. At the end of the day, Tammy Abraham's getting called up, and so long as he can somewhat be in that space and and make a case, it seems like. He's, he's getting those call-ups. And until that starts to go away, I think that's when he'll start to say, okay, I, I need to really move yeah. away. Fair but, enough. So we'll see how the season goes because that could impact and things if he never gets in. I, yeah, and I, I think to close out something we opened a long time ago, which is how is Frank going to be measured this season, I think it's fair to say last season your superstar was N'Golo Conte, who's notably like – the guy who was the most down-to-earth normal human being who'll like turn up to your house and have a curry and watch match of the day with you um <laughs> which he actually did uh to some random family now it's like how is frank gonna ma manage all these different egos and i know every player in the premier league has an ego but like 
I think we're looking to the extreme now, and I, I don't think that's to say Werner or Ziyech or Havertz are particularly volatile characters. I don't have any reason to believe they are, but it's like you've got more ingredients in the pot right now, and that yeah. is going to be a challenge. Yep. Yeah. I think he's suited for it. Look at the characters that were on the, the, the those Mourinho sides back in the day that, you know, yeah. I, mean, I know Terry was sure. the, the, the captain, but, you know, he was certainly a leader on that team. So so were, true. And, and yeah. another thing that really uh, I, has struck me over the last 12 months, especially now, you know how like 12 months ago, we were like, oh, well, you know, ne- next, when Frank has an actual transfer window, that will really prove who he is as yeah. a manager. Yeah. That's giving it, giving it all this chat, like, oh, this guy's never had a transfer market with a top four team, so he's going to love. But it's like astounding the like the respect he commands in the game from the next gen. Like, like I, I think you forget that like a lot of these twenty year olds grew up thinking Fat Frank was like a real player. I think, and, like, yeah. Guys, I think Fair we're enough. fully into that phase of managers now where you have to be a famous former player from a certain right. generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's like all the it's like all of Hollywood movies being directed by ex actors. Like you for some reason I have to like have had set experience to get the gig. And I, I really like but it's like I look at uh Oli at Man United. I think everyone understands that he represents everything that used to be great about Man United. And that right. is appealing. Like, people and that's believe, something you can come and buy. Yeah, into. and people yeah. believe that like he's going to at least attempt to get Man United back to where it was. But I don't think they look at him the same way they look at Fat Frank, where they're just like, wow, Fat Frank was like, one, like you know, basically got I, like, yeah, yeah sure. just an amazing play. And so there was just this alchemy, this like <laughs> sure. thing in the wars that like, I think Fat Frank is doing that's cool well. that's cool that you think that way that's i like yeah. that that's very yeah. cool yeah yeah well it's just you know <laughs> it's probably just what the world thinks yeah 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 all right guys let's let's move it on this is it's what we all care about how the hell is chelsea gonna line up i'm gonna leave it to the two of you um figure out figure out the formation if you guys got to split it up i can't oh. imagine i can't imagine with all the talent you're gonna do you're gonna still play three at the back but you know i'm sure We'll see how you guys do it, but let's start. Let's start at um, let's start at the goalkeeper position, and let's go. Let's go can, build that can, eleven. Can, hey, sorry. Can we go? Can we? Can we end on the goalkeeper no. position? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I, I, can we build this from the striker back because it's, that's like we might get stuck. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't arrow. wait for one of you to name an out of house goalkeeper who's just going to be at the club. <laughs> it's just well, like, yeah, it's going to be Donnarumma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead. However, you guys want to start it. This is this is for you. No, no, I, it's, yeah, I, I want to know how you guys line up. Okay, I mean, and why goal, it's not Mason Mount. So, so goalkeeper, oh, goalkeeper wise, I mean, I feel like it's going to be Caballero for now. Uh, Whoa! For now, I mean, I, 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 I yeah. the the transfer market is confusing to me because I don't really see how a lot of these teams are going to start giving up goalkeepers and the price at some of these goalkeepers that Chelsea's been kind of um, linked with are mm-hmm. they're just so high right now that I'm struggling until they get rid of Kepa or other players I'm struggling to think about how they're going to go out and get an old blocker or, or anybody else so so right now I'm going to say Caballero to, to start yeah I, I agree with that if that, I mean like I would assume that like before the end of the window we'll bring in either someone to compete um, or someone to actually take that spot um, but for now Caballero is our best goalkeeper, so he gets like you know October fourteenth when we like start the season. I expect him, unless things change, to be in goal. Yeah, October fourteenth. Um, 
September. Oh, September. Sorry, whenever the transfer window. <laughs> when are you guys starting yeah. the season? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> did Frank, did Frank totally, get his wish of? Uh, totally missed the, missed the bus. I think that I think that I think um, the the back line's a bit easier. Um, are we again like you know? Reese James long term, but I'm going to put Asby at right back just like just to kick us off and like get us going. I think you know one of the most interesting questions in Chelsea right now is like who's the future captain of that squad. Um, mm. But and then I have obviously Chilwell on the left, Chili Bean, and then I've got <laughs> Silver, and this has got to be a shocker. And Miguel, I'd be interesting to hear what you say. Yeah, it's the one position that I was also going to be slightly torn about. I'm going to give it to Rudiger because I worry about Silva's pace. And so while Izuma is actually the better defender, um, I worry about, like, I think uh, Rudiger is really good at running back in those last ditch like tackles. And we're going to see quite a few of those with a high line that we play and a 36-year-old Brazilian centre-back with like a dodgy knee. So I'm thinking Rudiger is going to have to like scuttle back frequently and do those like, although like actually Zuma is a significantly better, but Thiago Silva replaces more of Zuma's qualities than he replaces Rudiger's qualities. So that's my back line. I I completely agree. Yeah, Chilwell definitely. Um, Rudiger. I that was the one spot that I was most torn about whether it would be Zuma Rudiger. I mean, we've seen Christensen in there a couple times, and and I have a feeling that that's going to continue to rotate throughout the season just because they have like two really great games, and then it spins yeah. out of control for them. So yeah. Um, so I completely agree up up until that point. Yeah. Wait. Uh, so what's um, it, what's what's the deal with Sar? Is he getting loaned out? Is he not oh, getting loaned he's, out? Yeah. He's like, okay. you know, like talking about old school Chelsea. I would be surprised if that guy ever plays for Chelsea. Mm. I think that's pure like sell him for 30 million in three years time and make a bunch load of money. Like it's a classic old like Chelsea loan system. Just saw like. It. So he's, it's just, he's like, like purely an investment. I think that's pure business, honestly. I mean, you might surprise us, but I think he's pure business and a good one. About Why do you he, say that? Because cause he... Uh, I mean, you know, he's been released from several teams at the age of like tw- he's 21. not. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's as good as we'd like to think he is, but I think he will definitely double in value in the next couple of years. And Chelsea are so good at just like accruing value on fringe players. Yeah, French yeah. centre back, twenty four years old. Don't tell me PSG is not going to throw a hundred million at him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Okay, yeah. All right, Miguel, lead us, lead us into midfield. And midfield, yeah. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Kovacic in, in the midfield, Conte as well. And um, so this is the part where, again, it, it really does depend whether these all these news stories are true. But I would say uh, those two will play kind of a little bit further back. And then I would say somebody like Havertz would be in, in front of them. Um or okay. potentially a, a Mason Mount for now, but um, that's basically who I would mm, yeah. have in there. Well, I think Kai Havertz is a dead cert to arrive at Chelsea, <laughs> so I'm putting him in at number ten. Just going to assume that, like Fabrizio. Are we Romano. sure? Are we sure he's not going to North London? <laughs> sure. Mm. Yeah, Experts I mean, debate. it's still on. That move is still on. So who knows? <laughs> like, it, so I'm gonna. There's a I, reason it's not done, lads. There's a reason it's not done. <laughs> I actually, um, so again, a slight, uh, I also, I'm going to assume, but I feel, you know, this might be a hot take for later. 
I'm going, to, I'm going to put Kante in the team and assume that he's still there next season. But I think there's a question mark developing Ooh. pretty rapidly there. Interesting. Um, you think that, you, that injury concerns uh, are, are they are they enough? You think, or or, or what's what's driving that? Ah. Sorry, you guys are freezing. Oh, I was I was asking, it, are, is that based off injuries that you think Conte is uh, is out, or is or, or what what's driving? No. That? I think I think we're I I think we're selling him and buying Declan Rice, either either this transfer window or in the next twelve months. Uh, my, Total my upgrade. Hot take is that the next. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think it is. I think it is. I think Kante is 29, 29 going on thirty. Declan Rice is not just a great defensive midfielder, but I like I think so. Here's my hot take: the next Chelsea trophy will be lifted by Declan Rice. And I say by him because I think he'll be wow. our uh, captain. Wow. I think he's so, going to come in and take the captaincy. So there's you think a few like the leaps next... in that. The, yeah. yeah. It's also probably like th- three years until you're winning a trophy. Like he's going to come in and take the captaincy right away. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about captaincy at the end maybe, but who the hell is going to... So anyway, so I've got Kante and Havertz. <laughs> and then unlike Miguel, I'm putting Mason Mount in there. And I'm putting Mason Mount in there because, like, while I, again, like... It's um, a FIFA lineup, Carl. How are you uh, balancing this midfield with well, Havertz and Mount? I, I think Mount is not actually a number 10. I think he's a number 8. And I think he's busy as fuck in the midfield. And, like, with all that attacking talent up front and a slightly aging centre-back behind, I think Kante and Mount are just going to be, like just a nuisance in them like i think i don't think we need a, a coverages like ball carrying skills can be like we we again we've replaced what makes coverage so important to the team but mount is selfish he's yeah. the first one to initiate the press yep. he's like he's a defensive number eight that can all that has a sweet pass like i don't think he's a number 10. so i've got two busy men in the middle uh, and then i've got habits like just running it bombing forward does he have that defense? Those defensive traits in his locker, and, and you know, Miguel, maybe get your take on this as well, because that's a that this is kind of from 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 left field for me. Yeah, I, no I don't know. I just never never expected it. I don't know. So so there there is one thing that I really like about Mount, and that is that is in every game that he's ever been, when it comes to actually pressing, like any, pressing at all, any of those back lines, like if it when he's on, like and and he's been decently consistent for a young player, but like when he's been had a, a good game, you can tell. I'm not sure that there are many who press as well as he does yeah. in that space. And he even won some balls and scored uh, a few times as well for just from that pressing or the team scored from that pressing. So I do get that. I do worry a little bit about him further back and whether or not mm-hmm. he just feels out of place. It's almost like there, there's going to have to be a little bit of an evolution just because I feel like coaches have seen him historically a little bit more attacking minded. Um, so I have a feeling he'll have to kind of grow into that role. But I mean, I, I, I can see that Lampard definitely hesitates with leaving him off uh, he, oh, he yeah. wants him and, on the on the field no, no matter where it's going to be yeah and, i mean he plays him like exactly as an inside forward i i think um i think if you ask mount he wants to be a number eight and i also think he just got put into that sort of number 10 position because there was no one creative but mm-hmm. him at derby he was just the best attacking midfielder so he started Fair quote enough. unquote his career further up front but the guy like he had like four goals last season he's not a he's not a number 10 He's a he's a midfielder. So anyway, that's that's my busy busy like AF midfield. 
And then um, the uh, let's have some fun up top. He gets tricky up top, man, because let's um, have some fun. I, I mean, like, where I'll does Giroud factor in, guys? I'll give us. I'll kick us off, Miguel. I'm 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 keen to see what you think. But uh, for me, I I, I have uh, I have a ZH on the right. I have Pulisic on the left, and uh, I have. Uh, to kick us off, Tammy, <laughs> Tammy Abram up front. No way, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I You're worry such a that, sensationalist, Carl. You I, love just, just I just, I just, I just worry that Pulisic, Werner, and uh, Ziyech as your attacking three is too small and mm. too like they will do terrible things to you on the counter. But I just don't believe that like actually building an attack from the back that's going to be and uh, obviously Giroud, but, but like Giroud, listen, like we'll forever be grateful. If that as... front three is too small, then what's the plan? <laughs> well, Tommy Abraham as like a like uh, mixture of like a fast paced holding center forward, like someone who can hold the ball up, but also like break on counter. I so, do think that there's a, mind. and I want to get Miguel thoughts on this, but I do think there's a point to that against smaller club, not smaller clubs in terms of like, Physically yeah. smaller clubs, but uh, like the the Burnleys, the Brightons, uh, that that are going to sit in that you you might need a more physical presence. So Oof that's it. I don't I I'm interested to hear Miguel's taste because I don't think yeah. you buy yeah. Werner True. given the competition to to have him be a super sub. So Miguel, let, let's see what you think. Yeah, I, I was gonna say so. I agree, Ziyech and uh, Pulisic for sure. Um, uh, so on the right, Ziyech on the left, Pulisic, but uh, Werner in the in the middle. Yeah. Um, and and. I don't Very know. I, I, I feel like Very I feel reasonable. like there's a there's something in this modern modern game for sure that kind of matches a little bit of the Liverpool style where it's like you need somebody who can kind of hold and play, but in some ways it's kind of like avoid avoid you know the need to be too big in some ways and kind of like that, play on the ground, play quickly, play with speed, get people behind lines as much as possible. I have a feeling that that's kind of maybe what he's going for, but you're right. If if the style or the or the desire is to have a, an attack that can somehow you know maybe be a little bit uh, better aerially or, or whatever yeah. um, or hold the ball a little bit more than obviously you have Tammy and Giroud for, for that I, I just, that's a phenom- I think yeah I, I, I think say, that's I, a really good point Miguel I, it's a really good comparison to make when you think about Liverpool and at a certain point yeah there's this there's this uh, draw to a, a creative false nine. I don't know if Werner and Firmino are a great comparison. I honestly haven't seen too much of Werner actually play in it's person. Probably get him behind, but yeah. um, to a certain extent, Carl, I think you've got a little Guardiola syndrome where it's like plan for the opposition versus like here's our best eleven. Like let's put them well, on the field. I, I think I think that's uh, totally fair. Um, like if you'd asked me three months ago, I'd have been Timo Werner, Ziyech, and Abraham up front. I would like Pulisic is like just had this mm. wild like ten games, so I'm yeah. giving him like the starting berth. I would okay. actually long term think Pulisic will be the super sub, and Werner will cut we'll in from the, the left. left. Mm-hmm. I just want to you know a surprising but uh, passionate defense of Tammy Abraham. Like what? It was his first season in the Premier League last season, like his first real one. I know he had a really sure. bad second half of the season. I think his contract negotiations took him out of the zone. I think he is like the most likely at the club to become like just a pure centre forward. 
And I, I don't like. I don't. I think there is also an obsession in a modern game to forget why center forwards like Robin Lewandowski are like right. the shit. Like I just, I don't want to get back to like four wingers in the team just because they're all brilliant mm-hmm. wingers, and we forget that like you know. So yeah. But but my last thing I'll say, I, I, I'm droning on, um, is long term. A uh, Werner up front and a Kai Havertz behind him. And if there is a good enough coach that can teach them to like interchange because Havertz is like 6'2 and is very much capable of playing center. Like I could see that like this weird like 9'10 revolving dynamic, but, but not next season, guys. Like next season, they're all just learning English. Like honestly, you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> They've already a... got the, the ZH to Werner assists against like Wigan and Friendly saying like, yeah. it's happening. You know, yeah. the connections there. Yeah, yeah we like, drew this... one all with Brighton yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the squad rotation as well. And so I think that something that's interesting to me and like if I was, you know, running a career mode with them in FIFA would be fun. Is like, you know, Zayash and Pulisic can also play at that number 10 if needed. So you could spell Havertz for a game. Havertz can play on the wing. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of moving in and around. Yeah. Werner can play on the wing. It's not going to be abnormal to see Abraham and Timo Werner starting. Even if they're kind of in a traditional 4-3-3, you know, they could kind of on offense kind of evolve into a two two forwards really pressing up and then having a, a Pulisic or even a Havertz Zayas kind of swinging out wide. Yeah. Uh, Reese James getting into the tack on the wing. So there's a lot Just of Just slap them all things. with a free roll. Front four, yeah. free roll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they're going to rotate for sure. So, I mean, not, it's fun. I'm, I'm not as worried, worried just real quickly. I'm not as worried necessarily about up up front because I feel like there's so many things that you can play around with I'm more yeah. worried like what happens when a Conte is out of the out of the lineup if there isn't Fair somebody enough. like a Declan Rice let's say or somebody no, who yeah. could potentially do that I do worry there because Jorginho and Kovacic even d- defensively yeah. like totally, they, totally the rest different. is going to fall apart so like that's yeah. the, the spot the, in the area yeah. where I'm like there isn't a lot of rotation and, uh, and, and opportunity yeah. there and it's my great hope that somehow we managed to sell our third string like players together for around yeah. 70 million and have a shot at Declan. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great transition. Let's close it out with some crazy, insane takes. That's what Little Bit Leave It is for. It's a little bit leave it. Patrick, do you want to? This is your brainchild and your baby. So do you want to go ahead and set it up for Miguel and Carl? Yes, yes, of course. So uh, rumor has it you have bit- one of your own as well. Yes, I do have one of my own. I, I promised Carl I, I would have a little bit leave it. So, it's a little bit leave it. Um, yeah, they can be short term, you know, like Jaden Sancho is going to sign for United before we pod next, or long term, like, um, you know, what was a good long term one that I had? Yeah, Nicola, Nicola Pepe will be in the team of the season before his contract expires. Uh, they can be grounded in reality, um, like the Pepe take, or completely far fetched, like the Sancho take. So, whatever you guys really want to go, we're just doing Pepe it. going uh, for the Arsenal team of the season, let alone the Premier League. Yeah, team that was going to be my question, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made the FA Cup team of the season, so kaplow, we're on our way, baby. All right, so I'll let, <laughs> I'll let either one of you, I don't even know if that's true, to be honest with you. I'll let either one of you kick this thing off, uh, starting with the, with the, uh, some Chelsea takes, or if you'd like for me to go, uh, I do have one prepared. So if you, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys if you got something ready. 
But just remind us real quick, Pat, obviously we uh, it's that we say a hot take and then it, is it like we have to defend it to the crowd for a couple of minutes? Well, so we're, just, we're supposed to just kind of just leave it, right? You throw it out it. there, it's, leave it's it. It's not in my it. nature. It. It's not in my exactly. nature to leave things, but the intention okay. is we'll have you guys back on around midway through the season and we'll yeah. check in on them. Can I have yeah. one United hot take? Oh, I'm, I'm not can, here to can, discuss United. You can cut sure. it out. I know that's not like we should have Chelsea hot takes. What I'm going to do is I, I'm going to take this sorry. sound bite and then just put it right yeah. in the middle of the United podcast. I, exactly. <laughs> I just want to see. I just want to see James' face when I drop this hot take. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not here to comment on it. Okay. So. Um, why yeah. Why don't you guys get us started? Okay, Miguel. Do you want to start or? Maybe we should start with Patrick since he's got his ready yeah, and I'll uh, think like about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so obviously I have been um, much, much maligned on the podcast for calling Mason Mount trash. Um, Carl asked me if I was going to backtrack on that. Depends on how you t- determine trash. So I have a little bit leave it about Mason Mount. I'm not going to comment on the trash take, but Mason Mount will start less than 10 Premier League games for Chelsea this season. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Less than 10. Less than 10. Single digits. Get I think he's going to play. Back. I think he's going to play 30 Super plus. Sub. Yeah. But I think he's nah. going to be off, off the bench more often. I think he'll get nah. good Champions League FA Cup minutes. But look nah. what you just bought. We'll Not see. If he's it. a number eight, if he's a number eight, that takes not going to last I'm very so long. glad I'm, we I'm, built in the video yeah. component because the head shakes from Miguel and Carl <laughs> are palpable. Is that, Carl, let me, we don't have to discuss the take, but is that, is that more or less disrespectful than calling him trash? That is less disrespectful than calling him trash. <laughs> but I just, I think you've got to watch low. more Chelsea games. I think you're completely like, mis- I, I'm assuming you're going off some like stats or something, but the guy was like, no, going off feeling. Uh, okay, no, okay, I, okay. I watched him play one time, <laughs> yeah. thought he was bad, and then have ignored evidence to the contrary. <laughs> that one time, okay. to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick came over for the first game of the season. We watched United beat Chelsea 4-0. Right. That was the, that was the game. He was trash, in fairness, <laughs> in that game. Uh, yeah, um, so, Carl, my, my promise to you and Miguel as well, I will watch more Chelsea games this year and – I promise to you, if if he is not trash, I will I will take okay. back that take. I love it. I won't have to, but if no, it, you you will. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, hey, so, you so guys, go ahead. So I, I've got one that I already mentioned before, but I just uh, generally believe that, uh, or my hot take is that the next Chelsea trophy will be lifted by Declan Rice, the captain of uh, the squad. Uh, I have a slightly more contentious and one that I hope doesn't come true, but I'm going to put it out anyway. More contentious. Than, okay. Please. Yeah. Um, uh, Chelsea are going to finish the season with um, Ralph Hasenhüttl as the coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I was going to see if that one comes what's through. The but think, thought, what's the thought process here? I, re- I want it to that, happen. You don't want I don't it to want happen. It, I, and you'd rather I don't want it to happen, but it's, it. a hot, it's a hot take, and I've got to acknowledge that it exists in the world. I think Frank Lampard needs a big six months. If he doesn't sort of by like January, February, look like we're competitive, I wouldn't be surprised if towards the end of the <laughs> season we look for a new coach. And I think Hassan Hüttel is actually like, you know, got a bunch of Germans in the squad, He's a very technically gifted coach. He's doing amazing things at Southampton. And he's probably the best top tier coach that is available, like without having to 
sign like an elite coach from an elite like you know you could get him off Southampton for reasonable money so mm. like that's my ho- if Frank Lampard fails I think he will be our next coach and there is a chance he does that this season after like you know the pressures of this transfer window Interesting. So not a positive hot take, Miguel. I apologize. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say I don't know that mine mine is out there that much, but I, I I don't know. I've I've heard a lot about this, but I think that it would be or or in some ways. So my hot take is that somehow John Terry will end up back at Chelsea, Love and yeah. uh, somehow I don't know whether he'll be like on the coaching staff, and there will be some some sort of big conflict with him and Lampard at some point and it will oh, cause nice. a lot of drama but it will be it'll be fun in the process so that's my my hot yeah. take. he's gonna see Tiago Silva say, get uh, kind of yeah. cold ankle and just lace him up again <laughs> Dude, Miguel exactly. I don't know I don't know how closely you follow the pod but um that's a conflicting take to one I just made recently which is Dean Smith <laughs> is going to be the first coach to get fired in the Premier uh-huh. League this and season and I actually think over. Terry will step in and be uh head coach oh that's right yep yep but do, i can do you see think he'll be do you think he'll be in full kit when he takes over oh he'll be wearing yeah he'll be wearing <laughs> socks to top the exactly, exactly. he's, he's exactly. got his shin guards on he showers with his shin guards he hasn't yes, taken them off exactly and <laughs> um, i have another hot take there's a more positive one that chelsea will finish above liverpool and uh in the premier league this season I don't think that's as outlandish as it as it may seem. You've got okay. the you've got the Hassan Huddle one here. You've got the finishing of Liverpool I'm co- one I'm here. I'm covering all my bases. I'm covering all. I, I, I the the aim here is not to will into like uh, you I are from will. the Patrick Crowley school of yeah. Uh, I don't want when to Carl will plays the future. Roulette, he puts equal amount on exactly. Red and black. I just, there's two types and... of people. There's Miguel and me, and then there's you. And there's Carl <laughs> yeah. and Patrick. By the Fair way, while, while I have you, my Man United uh, hot take is that uh, Rashford will never win a Premier League title. All right. Oh, it's even better than you being angry. There was a bit of sadness in your eyes. <laughs> like, like you knew that was true. That I'm just, was adult. Even, I'm just oh, being adult dude, about it. I just, I'm just being filled, an adult about it. My cup is so full right now, seeing the quiet hurt in your eyes when I said that. Oh. I'm, here to respe- I'm here to respect the segment. It's not something you would know a lot about. Rashford, but... Rashford is more likely to get a knighthood than to get a Premier League title. That's, that's my hot take. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea don't doing, know much about yeah. uh, civil the, service or uh, yeah, the you know, being upstanding not citizens. Too far out, to be honest with you. I could yeah. see that coming. You're right, because he's such a great guy in the community, but you know, he plays for an absolute <laughs> joke of a team. Like, there we go. Funny, funny, fun <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, I love ending. I love ending the the pod on just some fun and games. <laughs> Wait, we got to get one more thing before we send you yeah. out. I know we're going a little bit long, but you know that's. It's always fun to talk about Chelsea in all in all honesty. So last thing to send you guys out. We need table predictions. Feel free to s- throw in another trophy if you think they're going to win it. But need your table predictions and your top four, and that's it. We're going to send it out quick. Mm-hmm. So who, who wants to go first? Um, right, gosh, uh, Man City, I think, wins it this, this year. Um, I did predict Liverpool last year winning it. Was I the only no. one at the end of the day when you guys asked people? No, it was, it was pretty 50-50. Was I think. it 50-50? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's Here's see, a spoiler man. though, last season. Uh Liverpool fans predicted Liverpool, City fans predicted City. <laughs> in, in a shocking <laughs> so, turn of events. 50-50, yeah. yeah. I doubt that will change this year. <laughs> so Man City, uh first. I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like Chelsea can potentially get second. Um You've I'm got gonna back say Arsenal third and Man U fourth. Let's go! <laughs> That's Liverpool fifth, folks. 
That's Liverpool fifth. That's what we want. That's a little. That should have been my hot take. You leave us right till the end to blow up the I have a feel. I, what? I, I have this gut feeling that <laughs> Liverpool is going to sell Mane and this is all going to gonna yeah, fall, come falling down. This is, this is the is intro weird. to the, to, not not the episode, the entire pod. we got to change <laughs> Dude, our that, intro. That's huge. I think, I think uh, City winner. Um, I don't actually think Chelsea will come second, but I agree with you, James. You've got to back your team. So I'm going to put like the highest possible yeah. finish, I think, yeah. for Chelsea is yeah. second. So I'm sure. going to like do that then i've got um i've got united then liverpool and i put liverpool wow. fourth because i think they're due like an injury i think like what a has Salah, changed i just i don't think like they, they've been running full speed for three years and there is so little invest and i just i feel like get one of their front three injured or get like one of their sent you know like get uh their captain injured and and then mm. And then this this team just looks completely different. That's really interesting. Wow. That's really interesting. So, so I'm like, I think that. Miguel and I are sort of rolling rolling the dice on like, yeah. I don't think you can pay, play at that high level four years in a row without yeah. something giving. And if mm-hmm. something gives at Liverpool, it's like there is no, like there's no one after that. There's no one to replace Mo Salah. There's no one to, re- so... But but if if they have a good season, then obviously they'll probably come second. By I acknowledge that. <laughs> but like I think they're the most they're the most likely to trip up. Let's let's okay. let's just remember last season. These and these Arsenal eight. Chelsea, eight. <laughs> eight. I'm giving. I mean, like Arsenal eight and top eight four. And? Uh, uh, yeah, eighth and all the cups. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All the uh, cups. But let's let's not forget last year. You two both spoke truth to power. Chelsea finishing fourth. What about this year? Maybe they're finishing second. It was um, it was great to have you guys on, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll hold you to it. You guys, mm-hmm. yeah. Liverpool we'll fourth and fifth, and Chelsea second. Yeah. Not included in your little bit. Leave it. The stones on the two of you. I love yeah. it. Yeah, dudes. I cannot wait for the season. I cannot wait to like um, go into the season, seeing what everyone's like full squads are. I think yeah. we're so. This we're so. We're like it feels like we're at the beginning of the summer, can although I, the like season starts in a week. A week yeah. Can I just <laughs> like, say, I, I part of me, ha- part of me hates Chelsea. Part of me hates City. Everything that is happening with transfers and players coming into the Premier League has me so excited. I want Messi yeah. to go to City. I'm happy you guys are bringing in this, these players. We talked about Everton with the Liverpool guys, like James Rodriguez and this guy Allen coming in. Leeds, who just got promoted, signed Rodrigo, a Spain international. Like we're very. Yeah, well, we have some we have some catching up to do. We have some catching up to do, clearly. So, thank you guys so much. It's been a blast, and this is not the last time we'll be having you on this season.
Chelsea.